Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. This time we are our roundtable is We Are Globally Connected with KFF Health News. August is National Wellness Month. Today is Saturday, August 19, 2023. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Cleveland, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions, but he is not here with us today. So see us on WVWin.com. Also listen to us on iHeartRadio. You can, of course, see our archives on YouTube, our YouTube channel, and our Facebook page. And, of course, AmericasHD.org. We have a panelist with us today as Hannah Horman, Norman. She's a video producer and reporter at KFF Health News based in Washington, D.C. And Patricia Keim, an independent journalist and author and has covered military and veteran health care since 2011. Patricia is a wife of a retired U.S. officer, Marine Corps veteran. We're going to talk about the article they wrote together called Pioneering Study Links Testicular Cancer Among Military Personnel to Forever Chemicals. And we're going to talk about those forever chemicals. How are you guys doing today? Hi, doing well. Great. Yeah, doing great. Thank you. Our pleasure is all ours. So tell us, you you guys did some really great work. I read the article and I was really impressed with the details you put in. And unfortunately, I feel like this is like a repetitious story, though, that's going back many, many, many decades in our military history. We'll get into that a little bit later. But tell us what is going on, because there was some groundbreaking study that you guys kind of talked about in your article. What was that study about and what did they find? Make it start with that, uh, Patricia. Yeah, yeah, go, no, for go it. ahead. Let Hannah. Let Hannah go first. Okay, she, Hannah. She <laughs> really knows a lot. Um, well, it's a new federal study that shows, for the first time, a direct association between PFOS, which is a PFAS chemical, um, which is found in the blood of thousands of military personnel, and testicular cancer. And it was actually. Um, done using a, the blood serum bank in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. So they, they had 500 um, service members with testicular cancer and then 500 controls. And they were able, through that um, study, to, to see a, um, an association. And it's one of the first studies to actually look at um, the military population and look for PFAS. So that also makes it a big deal. It seems like testicular cancer is something that would be kind of rare to see 501 incident to me seems alarming. So what more do you have to tell us about that? And, and that also explain to us what are forever chemicals? Um, are, are they just what they sound like? Is there something more to it? Um, yeah, definitely. Well, so, uh, uh, testicular cancer. Oh, Patricia, go for it. <laughs> no, I was going to say, so it's, it wasn't exactly 530 instances of so, testicular cancer, but they did look at, uh, you know, basically fire, military firefighters and um, uh, people, uh, airmen, Air Force airmen who lived on installations that have high levels of these chemicals that are um, used commonly in firefighting foam. They're extremely effective in putting out really hot fires. And um, the reason they're called forever chemicals is that 
they don't break down naturally in the environment or in your body or anything. So, so there is a, a likelihood that if you are exposed, they build up in your bloodstream. So what they did end up finding was that, you know, uh, the firefighters that had high levels of firefighters and people who lived um, on bases had high levels of PFAS and they had a definite, there was a definite link among that group to testicular cancer that was not evident in um, the airmen who had no exposure. Hmm. And and so forever chemicals, because they don't break down, we're thinking of things like lead, mercury from, from the people are familiar with, asbestos. Uh, but then with what the military is dealing with, they're creating all kinds of weird chemicals that we haven't even had any experience with. They haven't really been tested in a lot of different ways. And it seems like the military oftentimes, is the service members are the guinea pigs when they use these types of chemicals in their equipment. For example, we talked about the firefighters. So there's like a foam that they spray on fires, and it looks like, looks like soap, like soap suds. And that soap suds is like really powerful stuff. It can really take out a fire really quickly, but it looks harmless. It looks like you're just like you're bathing in a big bubble bath or something like that. But the stuff is actually, from what it seems like, potentially be very, very dangerous and toxic. Is that correct? That is true. So the interesting thing about these chemicals is that, um, and this, um, you know, this study is not just, it's restricted to the military, but these chemicals are used in a lot of commercial products. So uh, everybody in the United States has come into contact with these PFAS chemicals because they're in nonstick cookware. They can be in fast food wrappers. They are in cosmetics. Um, they are uh, in nonstick. Uh, while they're in things like um, Scotch Guard and all that coatings that you put on your couch to make sure that they don't get um, stains on them. So um, while uh, while this study focused on military people, it might have broader um, you know uh, impact on on people who are exposed to these chemicals almost every day. So, so Hannah, what can you tell us about um, the history of these types of, of, of complaints from service members and what has been done about that? We had recently, this is, we're talking about this in, in the backdrop of the PACT Act. So the PACT Act just came out recently where, where people were talking about um, and getting treatment for and, and, um, and compensation for being exposed to burn pits. Tell us more about the history so people have an understanding of why this is such a serious issue and, and kind of alarming and disconcerting for people that are military veterans. Yeah, so the military first documented health concerns around PFAS decades ago, like in the 70s, <laughs> looking first at, you know, um, fatalities in fish and mice. Um, but then you go back to the early 2000s, and actually there were, like, concrete warnings issued and whatnot. But um, it w- it went, like... Um, the the risks weren't really relayed to service members. And, in fact, we talked to one fireman who uh, was working um, in like the early 2010s in an office and saw emails floating around about um, PFAS chemicals that said they were concerning, but they didn't know what they meant. Um, And in fact, they were told that it was just similar to soap, perfectly safe. And that dates way past the, the science that was showing concerns. Wow. So oftentimes, which is a common thing, and we see this in pop popular culture, but also in, in just mainstream media and news reports, where service members are exposed to chemicals, but they're told, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. 
but then years later we have all these stories about Agent Orange. We have all these stories about burn pits. We have all these stories about other chemicals that people are exposed to, radiation from nuclear testing and the like, uh, syphilis, all kinds of stuff going on. So, mm-hmm. so um, what is being done about this? How, what is the, how is the military, what's the military stance on this now, Hannah? Yeah, well, they're, they're, it's slowly starting a, the decades-long process to do a lot of cleanup on the bases, but they're currently still more in the assessment phase, testing for PFAS, seeing where the chemicals are. Um, on the health side of things, um, I, not too much has been done. The one thing that we are seeing is that Congress mandated that um, military firefighters um, get blood tests for PFAS, so they're able to to see what their levels are and consult their doctors, although um, the literacy around PFAS chemicals um, in the clinical um, community is relatively low because people don't really know what to do with these tests once they they see the results, um, doctors included. So that's something we're kind of seeing um, play out right now. And Patricia, so is there, are, are they getting more serious about um, using protective gear or PPE? I noticed in one of the photographs in your article, there was a there was one guy who's playing with this these uh, these PFAS, and he's got he's totally suited up. He's like Mop Gear Ten, and then which is a military jargon, but there's no such thing as Mop Gear Ten. I mean uh, Mop Level Ten, anyways. But anyways, so it goes up to four. But anyhow, so he's in like this, he's in suited up. He's in rubber boots. He's in all kinds of stuff. But then there's a guy next to him in a t-shirt, short sleeve t-shirt, with some you know waders on or whatever, just you know in deep, knee deep in the foam. It seems like. Are they taking it more serious and make sure that service members are wearing the proper gear when they're encountering these chemicals? Well, there's a few things DOD has done. Um, uh, a few years ago, they stopped using firefighting foam uh, that contained PFAS in training um, exercises like those ones that you saw in the photos. Uh, they kept um, PFAS, uh, it's called aqueous form filming foam. Um, they kept that for operational um, use. Uh, so on ships and in aircraft ca- uh, crashes, they still continue to use that kind of thing, but only in actual operations. So they, they definitely scaled back the use of PFAS-containing foam. Um, and then uh, they started searching for a foam that is non-fluorinated, that doesn't have those chemicals in it. Uh, Congress jumped in and um, they basically said that by October 2024, the military cannot use any more um, of the uh, PFAS, um, the foam containing PFAS. Uh, DOD announced earlier this year that they were uh, significantly scaling back and they were, you know, basically eliminating it prior to the deadline that's set by Congress. So that is a huge step that they have taken to, um, to you know, not use this stuff anymore. And then, so what was it like writing this article? And how did it strike you guys when you were getting into the details and, and hearing the stories? And Hannah, I know you, you said you have a lot of experience with this, so you kind of maybe wasn't as surprising you. But Patricia, for you particularly, what was your take on this, the, the experience of writing this article and, and this particular topic? Well, um, you know, I, I am familiar with uh, military exposures. Um, I covered uh, the PACT Act and the burn pits. I've been covering burn pits since 2011. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that 
um, there, you know, there was denial for a very long period of time. And one of the things that DOD often says is um, the science isn't available um, to prove that there is a connection between, you know, military service and these illnesses. So um, I think, you know, the, the most groundbreaking thing about this study was this is a study that, you know, people, uh, service members who have testicular cancer and may have been exposed, you know, they can take this study and, um, you know, they may be able to use it at least, you know, for their doctors to, to go to the VA and say, hey, this person has this. And there's the study now that says this is um, service connected. So then they'll be, you know, able to get medical care and disability compensation. So, um, you know, all of these studies that, that prove a link um, are, are very helpful to vets. And, and that's what I, I find um, heartening. And Hannah, so what do you, tell me the same, tell me your experience also too, but the same question, but also how, from your experience in talking to veterans and service members, what is your, how is the pulse on that? What are the, how, what are, what are people saying and are they more aware of it? What are their feelings about it? Yeah, I mean, um, I think the, it, it's, the more that we dug into this topic, the more, um, I was both um, kind of, you know, like saddened by just like how many people are affected by the um, health effects, which we didn't really touch on. But like beyond testicular cancer, there's like um, decreased response to vaccines, kidney cancer, the possibility of like low birth rate, weight for um, babies and infertility possibilities. And so um, it, it really is like a widespread um, issue. It's not just testicular cancer and um so that was um definitely something that um made me take the issue seriously um but i was heartened by the fact that there are so many people who are trying to take action on the issue particularly in the firefighter community and they're trying to seek answers and hold people accountable and get more health care um to people who want screenings and to see um to get more insights into their own personal health. Um, So that was good to see. Um, On the testicular cancer front, I just wanted to mention quickly, um, because to circle back on that, is that it is a rare cancer, but it's the most commonly diagnosed cancer among young adult men. um, And that's largely the age demographic of the men in the military. And so there are, like, it's the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the military among military personnel as well so Mm. that's why it is um a big deal i would say wow and then also in your article you mentioned that there's uh, legislation uh to test servicemen for exposure senator gene sheehan a democrat from new hampshire she introduced a bill uh the pfs pfas exposure assessment and documentation act so what's going on with that is that something likely to to get legs and and get action on or where do you see that going this is for uh, patricia yeah, there are a number of initiatives in Congress right now. Um, one is, uh, you mentioned uh, Senator Shaheen's bill, and um, I, uh, there's, there's one to make the VA, um, you know, test for PFAS and, and uh, ease uh, disability compensation for illnesses that may be related. 
There is another that they want to test all of the um, uh, everybody in the military and also, you know, people who have lived on bases where um, these chemicals are in um, high concentrations. Uh, A couple of those uh, legislative actions are in the current version of the National Defense Authorization Act. So um, that is what usually is called a must-pass bill. so, but uh, right now the Senate and the House um, are going to go into negotiations about that bill, and um, uh, Congress is uh, struggling to pass some bills this year. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. But um, you know, that is a, a very there is a chance that there may be testing for DOD and um, and uh, military dependents. Um, you know, that's probably got the strongest likelihood of of getting into a bill and getting passed this year. I would like to see as a regular occurrence, but because the military has such a long history and because we're using such um, tech, uh, technology with not just this, with chemical warfare and just agents for different things for like firefighting or just lubricants for machinery or, or equipment, all kinds of different things you're exposed to. And you have no idea what some of these chemicals are. I remember when I was working on a project um, uh, uh, shortly after the military. And one of the guys explained to me, it's like, yeah, as you get closer to a lot of airports, you find that the the rare diseases start to increase the closer you live around the exhaust pattern of a major airport, like an international airport. Because in the jet fuel, there's all kinds of crazy compounds, and there's not even names for some of these compounds. Unless you just you can just read off the chemical composition of it, but there's really no name for it because they, they're, 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 it's a weird reaction that comes from combustion of jet fuel. You know what I'm saying? So if you get that, if you have that thing going on it, with chemicals, uh, things that you use every day in jet fuel, imagine all the the, the the myriad of different things are being used in the military every single day for various different reasons, whether it be for warfare or whether it be for just everyday, you know, things like firefighting or cooking or or, or building machinery. So I'd love to see that uh, see all veterans. Um, have um, some kind of monitoring, not just testing, but monitoring of their blood levels to make sure that they're not exposed to strange chemicals. So they don't they don't have to go and and and, and sue the government thirty years after their service and and rely on something like the PACT Act to get rec- uh, to get compensation for some kind of horrible thing that happened to them while they were exposed to something in the military. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's. What- <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, one thing that um, experts did tell us is that, um, you know, with studying PFAS in particular, it is hard to single it out with some of these health concerns because of all the exposure to different chemicals. So that you're definitely onto something there. <laughs> yeah. So we're about, yeah. about a minute left. So tell us um, where can they read your article, Patricia? Oh, uh, um, oh. well, it's. Uh, you know, uh, KFF Health News is um, is a non is a there's a nonprofit foundation news organization, and um, we have a website where they can read it. But they can also just Google testicular cancer and PFAS, PFAS, and it has been running. It, it's run on PBS. It's run USA Today. It's been picked up uh, in a wide variety of places. So um, I think it's a, it's probably easy to to find. So do that, guys. Look up KFF. Go to or what I did. Go to KFF Health News, and then just just search in the search box uh, uh, "testicular cancer pioneering study links for testicular cancer among military personnel to forever chemicals." Thanks for you guys' time. Thanks so much. Thank you. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. 
Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.